What do you want? It is such an invitation and also such a loaded question. Because you want stuff that you'd put on a wish list that's like a kid loading up a Santa Claus list. Stuff that is just fun to have. And you want stuff like power and status and money because it's important. Because it gives you what you need to look after yourself, look after other people you care about. But along with success and along with all the toys that come with success, you want that undefinable something that makes it feel like what you do really matters. And that the efforts you invest in getting your goals, they make a difference. They're important. They have meaning. Hi, I'm Linda Ferguson of NLP Canada Training, back with our fourth episode in this series on the core skills that we build through NLP Practitioner Training. And today we've got the big one, because we're going to talk about How do you know what you want? How do you set your direction? And I'm not going to use the term goals because I think goals are a subset because they go inside. But I want you to, first of all, start with asking yourself, how do I get the lay of the land? How do I know what the whole of my life should be? And if that seems hard, it's because it's scary. Because all of us, deep down, are afraid, first of all, that maybe we can't have what we want. But more powerfully, more importantly, more in the pores of our being, we're afraid that if we get what we want, it won't be meaningful and it won't be satisfying. And what then? And so what people call self-sabotage is often more like self-protection. Like not coming to the moment when you have to acknowledge that you didn't really know what would make you happy. And you didn't really know what would make you safe. And you didn't really know what would give meaning to your life. Those really big questions tend to put us into a kind of trance. They're mesmerizing. It's as if our brain says, this problem is too hard for you to think about consciously. I'm just going to zap you into a state where all of that stuff can run in the background, in the super processor that is the brain-body system. And I'll let you know when we have something for you, conscious mind. Thanks so much. How do we get by those blocks? How do we get by those fears? How do we get people in a position where they feel that they have the skills to choose their direction? Because we all know staying still isn't really an option. Human beings need to move, and to move, you need to pick. 
And so we start by thinking about not where should I go, but even what is available? What are the directions we move in through a human life? And at NLP Canada, we have developed a life compass. A compass in real life shows you four directions. And because you know those four directions, you can map two-dimensional space. You can say geographically where you are relative to where you want to be because you know these four directions. NLP Canada Training, we believe that when you start setting direction for your life, there are also four directions. That using these directions, you can create a map of the life that you would want to have, the life that you want to have now, the life that you want to grow into, all of the things that you value, that you think are important, can be put on this map in relation to one another, in relation to how they give you either more success or more meaning. And that with that map, you can always make good choices about how to get there from here. So what does this compass look like? You're familiar with a compass that has north and south on the vertical axis and east and west on the horizontal axis. Well, I'm going to say to you that our north-south axis, axis is all about how do we stay alive? How do we have that practical relationship that evolution designed for us, us, the world, we have what we need to stay alive, to thrive, to pass on our success through our genes? How do we do that? And on the other, the east-west axis, what are we doing with that life? How do we make it meaningful? So we're going to take those two things that we said people want. We're going to create two different scales, one on either side, uh, a north-south and the east-west. And we're going to use those to map out our lives. Still seems complicated. Well, let's look at north and south. And you can just take a piece of paper if you want to play along. And at the top where you'd normally write the N for north, I want you to write wellness. And at the bottom where you'd usually write S, I want you to put work. Now work doesn't necessarily mean the work for which you get paid. But work is the way you make an impact on the world Wellness is the way you interact with the impact the world is making on you. Wellness is absolutely our North Star. It is the fundamental that drives all the other things. If you don't believe me, try and have deep, meaningful thoughts while you have a splitting headache. And you'll go, no, I need to clear. I need to heal 
so I can do all of this other stuff. So wellness is your North Star. What do you do with that wellness, though? What's it for? What difference does it make? And the difference that wellness, physical, emotional, mental, the difference wellness means is that it allows you to do work in the world, to have an impact, not just to be acted on, but to take action. So many things you do in a day, many things you do for good reasons. You can now chart, and if they help you enhance your well-being, spiritual, emotional, mental, physical well-being, they go at the top. If they are how you make your impact on the world, what you do with that energy you develop through well-being, they go on the bottom of the page. But before you start filling it in, we should look at East and West. Because East and West, that's our dimensions for meaning, for a life that isn't just successful, but is satisfying. And on that East side, where your left-hand side is, you look at a screen or a paper, instead of writing East, I want you to write relationship. And where you'd write West, I want you to write play. Now people are a little freaked out by the idea that play is an important part of life. But what I want you to think about is what's life for? It is for feeling safe enough to experience happiness or joy or satisfaction. And our relationships drive us to celebrate life. And our celebration of life connects us back, not just to other people, but to our environments and our fields, which might not be physical fields, they might be your field of work. So your connections allow you to play, and your play puts you in a really great space to drive more connection and to appreciate connection as a good thing and to be motivated to make connections. Now, relationships as a driver of joy is both so basic that you don't really think about it. And also, so wait a minute, give your head a shake. I have lots of relationships. They're not causing me joy at this moment. I know people are complicated. Connection is complicated. When we connect to people, we connect not just to their good and hopeful parts, but we connect to all of them. And sometimes all of them is a bit messed up. Sometimes it's a bit angry or frustrated. It's a bit of a downer. However, when we stand way, way back, when we look at the science that we talked about in episode two of human beings as social creatures, when we look at research at what impacts our wellness, it is the quality of our relationships and our connections that give us that sense of meaning. 
And when we have that sense of meaning, it's because we are connected in a really positive way. So if you don't like the word play, that's okay. You're going to learn to like it. Because play is what we do to celebrate life, to be joyful in life, to appreciate life, and to especially appreciate and enjoy it in connection both to the world that is bigger than us and to the relationships that we value within that world. So you can take everything in your life now and say, if it's a positive thing, where does it fit? Is this something I put in the quadrant where wellness and relationships meet? These relationships are really good for me. These are friendships that make me feel better about myself. These are relationships with colleagues at work um, that make me feel more competent and more stable. Are these activities that feel like they have great meaning? You know, um, rituals can be a form of play. They're a form of being safe in the world and celebrating and appreciating. Not all of them, but some of them. So where do you have play in your life that supports your wellness? It's not always complicated. Some of it is really straightforward. You love to play hockey. You love to go for a run. You love to go for a long walk out in nature. I know a lot of you love to go for a walk in nature because I know there's science that says as soon as you get out and you are walking under trees, your cortisol levels actually drop. So your play doesn't have to be childlike. It doesn't have to involve making things. But if you cook for the enjoyment of food rather than to just feed your body, that might be a wellness activity that is also a playful activity. And you'd look at that quadrant. On the bottom half of the page, you have lots of relationships that help you make an impact in the world make choices, take action. Some of them are relationships with colleagues. Some of them are relationships with customers. Some of them are relationships with co-workers that include co-workers at home. Your siblings helping you manage the larger family as your parents kind of give up that role, for instance. So, again, you don't want to think so much about what you don't have. Think about what you do have. Because if you pick things you think you want, science says when you get them, you might like them, you might not. But your best way of guessing whether or not you're going to like something is to know what you've got right now. And the best use of resources for our inherently 
conservative, as in we like to conserve brains, is to use what is already at hand. So that fourth quadrant where work and play come together. I hope you have lots of things there. I spend a lot of time in that quadrant where my work also feels like making myself and other people safe to find meaning in connection, making people safe to connect to the world in a way that makes it fun. A lot of time making an impact on the world that causes people to genuinely unwind and laugh as they learn. And I hope you have lots of things in that quadrant too, or at least something. So when you've got your life compass figured out, when you have learned those directions by working with them, when you have started to see where you're at now, then you will notice that there are gaps in your map. And the things that you want that you don't have yet might fit into those gaps, or they might layer on top of something where this is already a really important quadrant for you. But you can't just live in the work-play quadrant. You also have to live in the relationships and wellness quadrant. You have to have energy develop and feed so that you can go and expend energy. And you want to be able to start finding those dynamics up and down in the diagonals, in the quadrants, and saying not just what's my wish list, but how will this contribute to all of these dimensions of a life well lived, a life that is satisfying and a life that is meaningful, a life that satisfies in the sense that a meal satisfies, that I need food, I need certain kinds of shelter so that I can stay alive my wellness. How am I being more well so I can do more work? How am I doing work so that I can be more well? And it all feels good. So we put things in there. And now I want you to notice we've done something tricky. Because now instead of having a wish list where one goal takes away from another, we have a a model of setting our direction, where if we set off in one direction, we know it's going to have a payoff in other directions. If we are moving towards wellness, it's not just a wellness goal, it's a wellness goal that's going to allow us to have energy or clarity to do work. It's going to allow us to have certain kinds of relationships or certain kinds of joy. And so that relationship means that we stop saying, I'm going to make a trade-off between being successful and being meaningful. And instead, I'm going to make a life that satisfies all of me. The other great thing about that life is that when you see how many different ways you have to move, it's really hard to get stuck. Because if you are blocked temporarily in one goal, you simply move over to another part of the map and explore that. So the fear of being stuck, the fear of being a failure, disappears. 
And when you understand that you have a map that tells you this is the life that I want to have, then it's much easier in any given moment to be present, which means to give all of your attention to just the thing you are doing at that moment. Because when you know where you are in the map, you are much more likely to say, all right, I can for the moment delegate everything else to the background and just be where I am. And you also are able to access not just the sensory presence that keeps all of your thoughts in one place, all of your perceptions coming in and feeding one activity. But you're also able to sit with the idea of purpose and let go of all the fears you've had. The fears that having a purpose means giving something up, means sacrificing, means potentially failing not just yourself, but somehow the world. And all of those fears that get us stuck just kind of dissipate when we say, actually, my purpose is to live on this particular map, to be well, to be playful, to do work, to make connections with people. And This purpose has so many parts, I can't think about it consciously. My conscious mind can hold one thought at a time. My language can hold one word at a time. That's that's not enough. But my whole system, the system that we've been working with for four days at this point, the system that shows up in state, which is a combination of thoughts and emotions and physical feelings, that state can hold purpose, can hold a focus on being in the right place, on the right map. When we are driven by purpose, we are resilient. We bounce back. We are optimistic. And optimism is associated through science. The research shows with greater effort, greater resilience, greater achievement. So it's a really big day, day four of our practitioner training, because it holds all of the first three days in the balance with what we want most from life. We want to be successful, and we want our success to be meaningful. And by the end of day four, we know that's possible. I'm Linda Ferguson, NLP Canada Training.